0: promise you, we are covering role models today, but the episode will take a slight detour when Alex starts complaining about the use of Pro Evo on the Xbox 360, so apologies in advance from that song from that movie. Sharkbait. bait ha Thank you for joining that song from that movie, the journey through the very best and worst of movie songs. I am your white, and therefore Ben Affleck, host Dietrich, and today we're joined by a man who likes to rock and roll all night and part of every day, Alex. Just part of every day.
1: Yeah. Which is the night.
0: It used to be the whole day, if
2: I recall. (laughs) Once. It's locked down for you.
0: And you can't BS-a BS-a, Ben.
2: Try me. You can't.
0: (laughs) Just just impossible. What have you been watching this week?
2: I'm trying to work my way through Oscar nominated films because at the time of recording, they have more or less been announced this week. So I watched The Sound of Metal yesterday, which was a really, really good film. And I also watched, even though it's not nominated for Best Picture, I watched One Night in Miami this week as well, which I, again, I also thought was a really good film and has a very good song in it. Well, we may cover one
0: day. Possibly.
2: Possibly, yes, by the legendary Leslie Odom Jr. There of you. Hamilton fame. <laughs>
0: there we go, another Hamilton reference on this podcast. We
2: need more Hamilton references to balance out the PUBG references
1: and the hairspray uh, references. blow oh, dry. dry. Sorry, not hairspray. <laughs> dry. They're getting mixed up with their entire world of blood
2: <laughs> At least Hamilton has some form of relevance and reference to this podcast, as opposed to PUBG.
0: And blow-dry.
1: Bl- well, blow-dry is a film. Yeah, blow-dry is a and, film. And it came up organically Like PUBG
0: has music, so... <laughs> and what have you been watching, Alex?
1: Just British crime dramas. <laughs> Unforgotten traces. <laughs> Line of Duty starts on Sunday. of this. It's prepping. It's prepping. Who is H? Who is <laughs> H? Well, that's a good question, dude. <laughs>
0: so today's episode is Love Take Me Down to the Streets by Wings. April Fools. (laughs) Got him. Yeah, got you. Today's episode is actually the songs of the hit comedy role models. So to find out what was happening in the world when the movie came out, it's my turn again. So I'm taking you back to November 2008, and it was turbulent times. Events included countries around the world entering recessions. Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson were promoting the release of their new movie, Twilight. New Zealand had claimed the Rugby League World Cup. And Craig David released the first of presumably many Greatest Hits albums. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what, what would Craig David call his Greatest Hits? Seven Days. Oh, it should be something like that. Rewind is surely what it should be called. Oh
1: yeah, it should be called e wind And then every single time he does a new one, it has an extra like e e at the beginning.
2: Terribly, his Greatest Hits is called Greatest Hits. But it contains three Ooh. new songs. What are you doing, Craig? <laughs> That's
1: not how it works.
0: Maybe he's just really confident about them. Or was, because <laughs> this is 13 years ago.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> where he was at the height of, of, his, of his fame. The biggest news story of the month, however, was the landmark US presidential election, which saw Democrat Barack Obama beat Republican John McCain. Annoyingly, Ben has already spoken about this news when he did the Slumdog Millionaire episode. Curse you, Ben. <laughs> All the news is actually just news that will happen in January 2009. you got to dig deeper. Like, literally, my next piece of news is actually about January 2009. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me. In the UK, small rumblings grew to big worries in the business world as High Street favourite Woolworths was about to collapse, but it didn't actually collapse until the very beginning of January 2009.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Good, Good month. In which, of
0: course, we know it did. We need to decide who was at fault. I've got three possible candidates here. I want to hear what you think. So, was it the shop for its high prices? Mm, all I ever got from Woolworths was Penny Sweets, so I'm going to go now. Was it was it refusal to adapt to an increase in online market? Oh,
1: okay. They did have a website, though, that you could order from. Is going to be a, all of the above?
0: <laughs> or was it Alex for continually <laughs> stealing sweets from the pick-and-mix stand? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: never did that. I'm not that kind of guy.
0: It's fine. It's, it's past the uh, Statue of Limitation, Alex. You can I mean, yeah, all of the
1: above.
0: Do, do we even miss Woolworths? Because I don't.
1: No. I, I, I do
2: miss the Penny Sweets. I know you can get them at other various <laughs> locations, but it just doesn't
1: feel the same. It was very pricey, wasn't it? Like everywhere was full retail, rather than like most places where it's like ten pound below full retail.
0: Yeah, I remember going into Orbs to buy a copy of Pokemon Pearl. I think it was, or maybe Heart Gold, and it was fifty pound. <coughs> when I could walk across the shopping centre to Game Station and get it for thirty five pound. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that Game Station killed that individual Orbs. <laughs> I I
2: used to buy many knock-off wrestling action figures from there. <laughs> uh, like, really, really cheap ones that were, like, like like a bit next to those finger skateboards. Do you remember them?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those
2: prime
1: wars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Slightly cold <laughs> Steve Austin. The other thing i really remember <laughs> from Woolworths was like small cans of pop. Oh yeah, well that yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah? Jeez, like you get like, two sips, get like, two <laughs> sips from it and still want more. You'll buy like six
2: of them which is more <laughs> expensive than one can. I think you're getting more, more for your more for your book. I think Pound stretcher also killed this thing. In fact, many things killed Woolworths.
0: So at the cinema, you could see such movies as Disney's Bolt, streaming now on Disney Plus sponsors. <laughs> Daniel Craig's second outing as 007 in Quantum of Solace. And a topic for a future episode of that song from that movie. High School Musical 3, (laughs) Senior Year, brackets, streaming now on Disney Plus sponsor us, close brackets.
1: Respecting those brackets.
0: Respect the brackets. I think that's become a catchphrase of this podcast. (laughs) But more importantly, or most importantly maybe, November 2008 saw the release of Role Models. So it was directed by David Wayne, who co-wrote the movie with Timothy Dowling. Paul Rudd and Ken Marino. After salesmen Danny and Wheeler, played by Paul Rudd and Sean Williams Scott respectively, trash a company truck, the court gives them a choice, jail time or community service. Opting for the latter, the pair find themselves assigned to a mentoring programme in which they're paired with an introverted teenager who is experiencing the first pangs of love, played by Christopher mintz and a foul-mouthed fifth grader who needs an attitude adjustment, played by Bob E. J. Thompson. So I know for certain that you two have seen this movie. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think of it?
1: I'm guessing you're referencing for absolute certain because we all saw it together at the cinema.
0: <laughs> Correct, yes. And
1: we went, I remember this thing, oh, we yeah. went after a night out, like we were out in the city centre, and it must have been like midnight or something, we were like, let's go to the cinema. And this was like the only film that was on. Was it, wasn't it
2: for our 18th birthday or something like that?
1: Oh, I don't know if it was exactly that. It was,
2: that's why it was around then.
0: Yeah, it must have been around then because... Uh... It was still showing in the UK in January. That's when your birthday would have been.
2: Pretty sure we just... I'm pretty sure we just left the casino. I think it was that night.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, we all have seen this film together. Um, I've also seen it about 50 times since on respective channels, such as ITV2, Five Star... Possibly film for. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest. So, yeah, so I was thinking about this film, and um, at the time, there was kind of like loads of this kind of buddy comedy film where there was sort of two comic actors that you'd seen in something else that they decided to like squish together in like a mm-hmm. concept yep. film. But this one, unlike the rest of them, which were all generally naff, this one seems to get it like perfect. Everything seems to fall in line with this one. And it just like really works. (laughs) (laughs) I can't describe it. It's like you'd explain what the film is to somebody and think that's going to be terrible. That is going to be terrible. And then they watch it like this is like, I'm just living
0: for this film. I just love this film. (laughs) I also love this film. It's lightning in a bottle. What about you, Ben?
2: Yeah, a lot of the same. I do very much enjoy this. It is, uh, I guess, of the classic emotionally stunted men learn. Hey, maybe a little bit of emotions is okay, but not too much. But just a little bit is okay. And that's enough progression for for a late noughties kind of comedy film. And we have Sean William Scott playing the quintessential emotions out for me kind of guy. Playing Sean William Scott, basically. What a range he's got. What a range. Yeah, he has had what I would call a career. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think I wouldn't go much further than that. (laughs) There's a few people in this. I mean, Christopher Minsplas has very much had a career of playing McLovin, and, that, and he's gone. He's gone now. He was in the Bad Neighbours films, and I think he slightly pushed the boat out there.
1: Oh, There's also Ken uh, Chong as well, isn't it, isn't it? But this, I think this yeah. is the first thing that I saw him in, probably. But I didn't realise it was him until I saw him in. When was the Hangover out? Because he's in the Hangover, isn't he? I think that must have been just after this. But obviously he was also in my community and stuff roughly around the same time.
0: Yeah, it's 2009, yeah. so yeah, you are probably right. The critics agreed it got generally positive reviews with a score of 77% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is criminally low, in my opinion. It needs to be somewhere around the 90%. It's
1: also surprising in some ways, though, isn't it? Cause yeah, you, yeah. Because this is, this is it with this film. Like A lot of critics and stuff probably didn't even watch the film. It's that kind of thing where they're like, well, this is just probably going to be the middle of the road 50%.
0: Yeah, they just took their review from Knocked Up and just changed the oh, names.
1: Yeah.
2: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, went to it off that. How is this not a Judd Apatow film? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I was surprised as well.
2: I'd <laughs> have put my money on it.
0: I often enjoy reading negative reviews of movies that I like, well, or love in this case, because I like to make fun of these people for being wrong. <laughs> so I picked one out, which is from a person called Megan Basham for the outlet called World. Hmm. Ever heard of that?
1: Nope. The World, yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she...
0: Not the, I didn't say the
1: Oh you didn't, sorry, sorry world No, I like that.
0: I'll give you the, the, their tagline which is, sound journalism grounded in facts and biblical truth
1: Oh, okay you okay. <laughs>
0: can, can see they might have had a few problems with this already This quote was how it ended <laughs> The cringe-inducing moments will offend anyone who isn't an adolescent boy and will likely keep Paul Rudd from seeing the same box office success as Jack Black wow. Oops <laughs> <laughs>
2: You want to write to her?
0: Paul Rudd would never seen in a successful movie at the box office ever again. Although saying that, making a reference to Endgame, and I realised that that's no longer the most successful film of all time. It's not. Isn't Avatar's back on top? Starring Jack Black, so last laugh on him, I guess. What? That was a joke. <laughs> I was, about to say, I was, I was genuinely that.
1: racking my brains. I was Jack <laughs> <racking my> Black. <brazen. laughs> so I couldn't remember that. <laughs> Jacques <Jake Sully. laughs> I should pronounce chnoulet. I And mean, just the guitar, just the guitar
2: solo. <laughs> <laughs> Avatar two <laughs> Avatar two. School of Rock Crossover. <laughs> Writes itself.
0: So Role Models was a low budget, twenty-eight million dollars, and made a hundred million at the box office. Very good. Which is a fantastic return. Yes. Somehow I stumbled upon the how much it got in DVD sales by the month ending June two thousand nine, which was a further forty million. Wow. Wow. Just under half of its Box office budget, it got back again in DVD sales in less than a year.
1: Those people couldn't predict the following year when it would be on TV every single Sunday afternoon.
0: <laughs> but what about if you want to watch it on a Saturday? Oh, <laughs> good one. <point.
1: laughs> you'd have it on DVD, but you'd still watch it on TV.
2: I still don't understand yeah. that phenomenon.
0: Yeah, I have this on DVD. Weirdly, I bought it at a Haven caravan site. Nothing weird about that, dude.
2: Haven sponsors.
0: <laughs> so before we um, move on to songs or anything else, There is one moment in this film we have to discuss. Alex has demanded this without even telling me.
1: (laughs) You can just sense it burning within my chest.
0: So I'm not even going to describe it. I'm just going to pass the reins of the podcast over to Alex for 10 minutes. Off you go.
1: (laughs) Right, okay. So there's a scene in the middle of this film where the character that Wheeler's looking after... I've forgotten the character's name, actually. Ronnie. Ronnie. Is that a part he's been invited to by by Wheeler for some unknown reason? I can't really remember. But he's playing... Pro Evolution Soccer, I think two thousand it must be two thousand and seven or eight, I guess, based on the film's
0: time. It must be. Yeah.
1: I think it's on the Xbox three sixty as well. Just gonna put that as an additional note. Where one of the guys playing him or hit or or Ronnie himself scores a goal and celebrates, but it's a replay. It's a replay of a goal that they previously <laughs> scored in the game. And it's a fact that both me and D separately, I believe, picked up on and it seems like such a trivial thing, but it really annoys me.
2: I'm shocked how often this happens in films.
1: It's the goal that they think they can get away with out there. Yeah, I know, that is that is the main thing. I expected that Ronnie and Extra in that scene <laughs> were, should have been playing an actual game, and they should have kept recording it until somebody's <laughs> gone. If I was filming it, yeah. that's how I would have done it, for realism.
0: <laughs> what makes it worse is they're doing the classic like sitcom Game controller holding where they're just mashing every button. Yeah, like moving Regardless it around, of what's happening. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Lifting
2: it above there. Turning left and right. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh.
2: That is how my granddad used to play golf games on the PlayStation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's because he'd seen role models.
2: Probably.
0: Ben had actually done the shot previously and mm-hmm. his grandad was just re- reacting to the replay. That's exactly
1: <laughs> it. It's the one dark moment in the film for me. It's the one that <laughs> I sure, sure. Ben. Is it's, it's a film of like, it's, yeah, we we'll just leave
2: it there, leave it there, leave it there. It's a film,
0: it's a film, <laughs> but it ruins the illusion. It you ruins you it. realize this is not real life, this is a movie. <laughs> I don't want to know it's a movie, I want to be immersed.
1: <laughs> there are some real standout scenes, like the whole uh, sort of kiss um, war games thing that they do at the end. I can't, I can't remember, like, Lay- like, sort of, yeah, a live action role play. <laughs> They also got lurps at my university.
2: <laughs> I I've, I was at playing football at your university once, and we saw them on the field playing. Yeah,
1: and they they were sort of running down a hill with with yeah, swords. Yeah. And I was like, to be honest, we were all kind of watching a little bit else It's the sort of thing that you would only want to be in that in that moment. You wouldn't want yeah, to have yeah, had to prepare in... for it. <laughs>
2: also, in like a vacuum, knowing no one's watching me, and no one will ever know. <laughs> I know I'd absolutely love it, but I just never want to talk about it.
1: My, my absolute favourite moment. I don't know if you remember the details, the specifics of it then, but there was a girl who was like stood at the back, and it was like she wasn't doing anything, and then all of a sudden she like sprang across the field like a cat and like dived on a man. <laughs> I do, yeah, I do,
2: yeah. I don't think that was in the game, Alex. <laughs> um... The ambulance arrived soon afterwards.
0: <laughs> so we'll move on to the songs. I've picked out three, whittled it down because there's quite a few songs in this film, but we don't want to hear all day, do we? Do we?
2: Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we'll start with the reason why we're doing this episode. The hilarious April Fool's joke at the beginning of the podcast that everybody laughed at, including you, the listener. Peppered throughout the film is the song Love Take Me Down, open brackets, to the street, close brackets, performed by the band Not Wings. My first fact, if you're ready for this, the song is not performed by Paul McCartney and or Wings. It says hold for shock on my notes here. Mm -hmm. Hold. So, the song was written by Charles Ganser, who was a composer on the film, and A.D. Miles, who plays Martin in the film, as in the person who works for the mentoring program who's been doing it for years.
1: The one that keeps saying that the song is by Wings. Oh, kind of make- oh really? <laughs> right.
0: He kept referencing the song that he wrote. The singer, the actual recorded studio performance, is a guy called Joey Curatolo, who is a Paul McCartney sound alike and a member of the Beatles tribute band Rain, a tribute to Beatles, who are playing Las Vegas. I reached out to him to see if I could get him to record something for that? the podcast. <laughs> Unbelievably, no response. Oh,
1: that is really sad. Unbelievably. Did you reach out to Paul McCartney as
2: well? <laughs> yeah, he was much more willing.
0: Um, I didn't reach out to Paul McCartney, no. That's my bad.
2: What about the other Wings members, such as... Um, Go on. Go on, then. Um Go on. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I don't even know if it was a real band. What do
1: I know anymore?
0: So go on then, what do you think of this song? Is it your favourite Wings song? Maybe also a important question to ask.
1: I have actually put in my notes, so catchy, it might be Wings' best song.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely up there, isn't it?
1: What well, is so amazing about this song? and it is amazing it's like how much like the wings it sounds (laughs) I know that sounds silly but just everything about it like the tempo changes the the yell like the Paul McCartney kind of yell that he throws in there at one point it's just it's just like it's so it couldn't be more perfectly a wing song when it plays at the end I think myself and probably everyone listening thinks oh oh my god it actually was a wing song that's oh, how yeah. I heard <laughs> it. when I first heard it. I was like, "Oh god, there was a wings song." I don't. That's weird. <laughs> and then it's only when you when you look afterwards and it's like, no, it's a joke. Because <laughs> it genuinely sounds like it is? Then
2: it really confused me. It really confused me. Even with D's understanding of what we were doing this episode, it still really confusing.
0: Yeah, it's it's sort of the secret of this song and why it's so good is that it's not really like a. It's more like a genre parody of Wings rather than like taking. A, a, I'm struggling to think of a wing song. and
1: die. Band on
0: the run. Uh, Band on the yeah. Band on the run's a good example. That. Yeah, good it, it's not. It's not like a re- lyric rewrite like with Yankovic, It's more just. This sounds like any wing song.
1: Yeah, it has the feeling of Band on the Run actually. Like it's like it's almost a homage to in a lot of ways. Like that's kind of what they've taken as inspiration. But like, you say, it's not like a, they've not rewritten lyrics over the top. It would have probably been the easy way to go. They've just just formed a song. <laughs> But it's just the gang is just hilarious, so it just peppers it through the film. (laughs) And then just comes, it just appears at the end in the credits (laughs) as if it was just a real song. It's uh, it's so underrated as a joke,
2: best kind.
0: So there is a small Mandela effect with this song. A lot of people, when I've been researching this, think it was a genuine wing song. As we sort of mentioned, we thought it was as well. But that's not the Mandela effect I want to talk about because that one's obvious and boring. What I wanted to say is I've got my own Mandela effect with this. Is that I distinctly remember reading a quote about this song from Paul McCartney himself. Yes,
1: I, I was going to mention this.
0: What What's the quote you think it well, was Well,
1: I, I had a feeling that I'd read something somewhere that Paul McCartney said that if they'd have contacted him to write a song for it, he would, have, he would have written one. That's what I have in my head.
0: That's exactly what I think. I swear I read that Paul McCartney said that he liked it, and he, he thought he's, the only disappointment was not that he didn't record it himself. Yeah. But I cannot for the life of me find that quote, or that interview, or that clip, or that tweet, anywhere. God. So I'm starting to think I made it up.
1: I'm sure I've read that somewhere, though. I don't know where. I didn't read it today because I didn't look it up, but I, I, was th- I was thinking coming into this, I was like, oh yeah, I'm sure Deal mentioned the fact that Paul McCartney said that he would have done the song, because I'm sure I've read that somewhere.
2: I That's with... such a weird phenomenon, isn't it? That kind of just, so many people remember something and it just didn't exist. Yeah, like the movie Shazam.
1: The, the movie Shazam is real? <laughs> is that the one where Shaq plays the genie? <laughs> yes, it <laughs> is.
2: <laughs> is the Marilyn Manson thing Mandela effect? The, I about his ribs. think it might be. Because that's that's one that I've had the conversation so many, with so many people, and I've never seen any evidence of it anywhere. less said about him, the better.
0: Yeah, true, actually. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I spent a good hour searching, thinking of every single combination of the phrase, Paul McCartney, quote, role models, or Paul McCartney, quote, love to take me down, wings, anything. I just could not find it. The only thing it could be in is in like a magazine, and because it was 2008, that was a thing, and now it's 2021, and it's not a thing.
1: My thought was that maybe it was on... Someone had put it on Wikipedia or something. And we've both seen it there and it's since been
0: removed. Oh, that's a good shout. Yeah. Ah, I didn't check the Wikipedia history. I'm usually really good at doing that. Get on it. Ah, Come man, on, internet.
1: Internet, find out. Find the answer.
0: In, in fact, if it's not there, let's just... As add a, it. a collective audience, <laughs> let's, just, let's add it and let's all just agree that he said that. <laughs> <laughs> that's how facts do
2: work nowadays. Yeah.
0: We'll move on. The song does appear multiple times in the movie... Characters often sighing it as their favourite wind song, etc. But it also appears in another movie after this. What? Really? A movie called *Wonderlust*, which is by the same director. And it also has Paul Rudd in it, surprisingly, and Jennifer Aniston. They go to a commune and it's the song that's been sang all together. <laughs> well, I'll move on to the next song. So this song is sort of a proxy song we'll use for all the other Kiss songs in the movie. It is Love Gun by rock and roll legends Kiss. Kiss music plays a large part in this movie, appearing many, 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 many times and giving inspiration for many scenes and eventually the conclusion of the movie, which we've already sort of referenced. So what do we think of the song Love Gun?
1: Well, I think he's talking about his dick.
0: <laughs> ah, right, okay. <laughs> so I hear.
2: <laughs> we listening to it back and it was like a lyric video and you just you just look, looking at the lyrics and you're like... It's like you re- wrote it on the toilet. It's so,
1: it's just so <laughs> lazy. It's just very very basic. I th- I actually thought quite similar actually, Ben because when when I I watched the scene first where they discussed Daddy singing about his dick, and uh, I was like, oh, I'm going to read the lyrics because I'm sure they will be quite funny. But they actually weren't. They no, were just quite. No. They were just so generic yeah. and and, and yeah. like crap. <laughs> I was like oh, I don't actually have anything to say on it. Although that has now turned into me saying this. So there you go, it was worth one.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It basically just amounts to the gun is around his hip area. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Pull the Major... trigger of my love gun.
2: You know, no no offense to Kiss, but are they just a the presence? I like, I know they've got I know I can name like maybe like four or five songs, but are they just famous because of the guys in face paint? I know they had a career like in the mid eighties where they didn't have face paint, but are they just the guys with face
1: paint? I think essentially, like in fact, I've I've like heard stage performances. Well, yeah, because I've heard stuff about kids before, and the album that made them famous was actually like a live album because they became famous because of their stage shows and and clearly their presence in the makeup. But I I think they, they they didn't become a big thing just on their music alone. (laughs) And I Mm. think that's clear when you listen to the songs. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) basically. But they're also, like, they're a bit, not even quite anthemic, are they? But, I mean, they... they... No, but they are stadium songs, aren't they? Yeah, that's a a better term for it, a stadium song. In
2: fact, I always think of their videos, like, even, um, is it Crazy World? Was it Crazy World, was it? Crazy Nights. Crazy Nights, yeah. I mean, that's post-makeup, but it's just them on stage, just, like, bouncing it out, a bit like living on a prayer style. Maybe that's just Mm. what hair metal was. But yeah, I've also heard similar that it was just pyrotechnics, like floating uh, drum sets, uh, fireworks coming out of your guitar, and maybe other parts of your body, and a long tone.
0: Yeah, I'm the same. I sort of appreciate their legacy and how they look. Yeah. But I've not going to listen to a Kiss song, probably. No. What's the best Kiss song? Uh, I Was Made For Loving You. <laughs> Is that, that's the disco one, right? Yeah. Yeah, the disco one. Yeah. It's quite
1: good, though. It's quite catchy. <laughs> yeah rock, rock and roll i right. imagine most people say rock and roll and i although i do like Str- strutter actually was the one that it's like because it was on there was one of the i think it's on guitar or two maybe strutter!
2: <laughs> crazy <laughs> nights i don't mind it <laughs>
1: so basically what you're saying which kiss song don't we like once pe- one's peter crazy once <laughs> peter chris left well it's funny you mentioned peter chris because i think he's going to come back in a big way when we talk about the last song but I mean, it's from my perspective
0: so yeah i guess i better say some more stuff about love gun seeing as uh none of us really care about kiss and uh This is a spoiler for any Bill and Ted 2 episode we do in the future. We don't care for Kiss. Love Gone gone on to be a Kiss staple, with band member Paul Stanley saying it's his personal favourite. Despite this, and despite its legacy, the song did not perform well in the charts at the time, which was 1977. It made it into two charts in the world. The Billboard, where it reached number 61. Does that count as being in the charts? I don't think so. Um... Do you? They
1: do a top 100 in the US. In the US, yeah. Billboard Hot 100. So I suppose.
0: yeah top five. It's, it's only top five. What a weird number to have. 40? Well, what about if I told you it reached all the way to the dizzying heights of 41 in Canada? Oh, well, well, yeah, again,
2: I mean, if it, if it was one higher, it would be, you know, it's worth talking about.
0: But it's not worth talking about. Nope, move on. So we'll move on to the final song, which is Beth, performed by Paul Rudd. I'm just going to get this out of the way now, and Alex sort of already referenced this. I had absolutely no idea when I was doing my research that this was a Kiss song. No, I didn't. <laughs> right. Honestly, I just assumed it was an original song.
1: That makes sense, because when you when you listed it in the in the group chat, it was by Paul Rudd. I was like, well, <laughs> it's a Kiss song? It's just like it's a spe- like he changes the lyrics, I think, doesn't he? But it is a Kiss song.
0: Yeah, which makes sense, because he's singing it like he's just thinking of it off the top of his head. <laughs> why well, I it was, and that's why it didn't really fit in the melody, and... There's not much of an actual, like, there's no musicality to it. It's just a, a slight pling, pling, pling on a <laughs> I don't know, a lute. lute. <laughs> Sp- speaking of Kiss
2: videos, have you seen the video to this song?
1: Yes, that's what I wanted to speak
2: uh, about. <laughs> I have not known. What the <laughs> hell is going on there? <laughs> it was so
1: weird. It's so weird. We're to have to set the lead on this. How would you describe it, Alex? well there's a part at the beginning where it looks like they're in sort of a record shop as I mean There's like they're putting pictures of the the members of KISS like on a table (laughs) and then it like goes into the pictures and there's a woman wearing a security pass which I never really got to the bottom of and she's, like, sort of sat next to a fountain, the <laughs> members of Kiss, and just sort of sat there behind her in full makeup. <laughs> like, like, the ghosts them. of Christmas past? Like, so, she does, does she
2: see oh them? God, this is weird. Does she see them? But, like, they're just kind of, like, singing very solemnly, because the song's quite sol- uh, solemn, somber. And she's just sitting there looking quite melancholic, and they're just very much sort of in full, you know, Kiss gear.
1: <laughs> but it's like, it looks like they're outside of, like, a front hotel or yeah, something. Yeah,
2: yeah, basically. <laughs> and like she walks off, and they just kind of like it's almost like a collective sigh as they carry on singing this song. It's so weird compared to their usual, yes, yeah, sort of you know, all guns, all singing, all dancing performances. It looks like they don't really
1: know what to do with their hands either because they haven't got their instruments. <laughs> and Peter Chris appears to be the one singing the song. That's why I referenced it. To show. <laughs> yeah.
0: So back to the film. Yeah. <laughs> what do we think of the Paul Rudd version of Beth? Better or worse?
2: I mean, I didn't, I didn't get it until like, I mean, maybe it felt it would have hit differently if I realized that was a kiss song. I thought he was just singing a cringy song, and I wanted it to get over and done with. Oh, really? Awkwardness in films makes me feel
1: awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was quite a funny, it's quite a funny scene. I think I, I, don't know whether I knew it was a kiss song, or whether it's assumed that it was because of the kiss references throughout. It does seem a bit like, like odd because he's sort of like fitting the lyrics in, but obviously he's making those most of the lyrics up. But I felt like the the beginning refrain of it sounded like a proper song, which it is. So like the first yeah. verse is part of the song, and the rest is obviously made up for the film. Mention of the whispering eye, of course, uh, in yep. the lyrics. I enjoyed the part about Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon.
0: Tim and Sue. Yes, I've, I've got a, I've got a <laughs> section on that. I love so, you? Go for it. Of the entire film, and it's like a film full of one-liners and, and stuff like that, the delivery of the line from Sean William Scott saying "Good actors" might be one of the funniest moments in cinema history. <laughs> it makes no sense; like it's just um, off the back of Danny comparing him and Beth to Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon, <laughs> and he, he just he just jumps in, says "Good actors," and then shiftily looks off camera. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is weird. It really caught it really caught my ears when I was watching it earlier as well. I was like, "This is so unusual. Such an odd line to just throw in the middle of the song like that." I think it was like they didn't want the, the full thing, just to be him singing, so to keep throwing it. There's a couple of asides, isn't there? In there, but this one just feels yeah. so weird. And then straight afterwards, Paul Rudd goes, "Tim and Sue." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did enjoy
0: that. Oh god, I, I want to know why he said it and why he looks <laughs> off camera, like because he. He's looking at behind the camera at somebody and laughing, like and happens like cover up his smirk with like taking like a swig of beer. Oh, it's so good. I, me and my wife reference it all the time. <laughs> like if we if we see Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon on TV, we'll go good actors.
1: It does. It feels a bit like an in joke, doesn't it? Like he's joking with someone. Yeah. They've, they've got. They've said something about Susan Sarandon or Tim Robbins at some point. That's what it feels like. It's just all. It's just
2: really weird. A lot of this film was it was improv, though, wasn't it in the script? So it could have easily have been that, that they were just having a good laugh.
0: Probably was an in-joke at some point. And now it's my joke. And
2: now we're all part of that joke.
0: Much like we're all collectively part of the Paul McCartney lie. Did (laughs) I say lie? It's completely true. (laughs) Paul McCartney. Paul M. Little C. U. Does that work? Probably not. Are you trying to make a a Marvel (laughs) Paul McCartney crossover?
2: It'll work. Delete it.
0: Uh, Come on, we can do this. We can do this. Uh...
2: and it's a Paul McCartney U, but it's Paul M. Little C. U. Yeah,
0: Avengers Wing yeah. Infinity War. <laughs> Wingfinity
2: War. Infinity War. Move on, D. Move on.
0: <laughs> okay, we'll move on to Ben's Wing, segment. Wings to, <laughs> 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 wings to soldier. Sorry.
2: Wings to soldier. Oh, man. So, yes, we have talked plenty about Paul Rudd, but it, the other staple of this cast, Sean William Scott, is, as we've already said, he's a man of many faces, covered various different roles, character actor, achieved many accolades of (laughs) the heights that could be achieved as a actor, or thespian, if he is sometimes known as. But he's actually, I think for box office, for an actor, he's sitting around a healthy 1,000th of all time. So that's not too bad. But I'm asking you, what are, and I want them in order, the top five grossing Sean William Scott movies. For this, I am going to say that of films that he is part of a franchise, we'll count them as one, because otherwise this would be two films in one list.
0: <laughs> American Pie.
1: I'm not going to tell you until you put all five in order. Okay, Oh, oh that's all we have to actually figure out what they are. I mean, I was going to say Welcome
0: to the Jungle, maybe. That can be in the top five, surely. I actually think
1: it probably will because it was quite a big film at the time with him, The Rock. No, I mean he hasn't okay. really been in that many big films. I can think. Whoa,
2: whoa, 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 whoa! Sorry, sorry, Sean. I will but say he's is. had at least thirty films that have grossed at least ten thousand dollars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so he's in. He's in Jackass three. Oh, of course. Oh, okay, right, okay. Goon. He was in Goon. I Are mean, we counting?
2: Can we count Jackass three?
0: Well, I'm guessing... He's, he's playing
2: himself. Innocent. Is he an actor? He's playing himself in everything. Well, fair, fair.
1: The film that's really coming to my mind is Bulletproof Monk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Good
0: shout. Good shout.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Could that be in the top five? <laughs> Just because you like it, Alex. The thing the thing that we don't do, Role Models, made 100 million. Yeah. Um, so American Pie is going to be number one. I think we can agree on that. Has to be. I can't if, think of it. If all the
0: franchise ones are together. I can't, it has yeah, to be number yeah, one. Yeah, yeah.
1: I can't think of any of the big franchises or anything like that he's been in. Where that would make, you know, it's usually just individual films as far as I can think.
2: It's probably because he's playing Steve Stifler in all the other films he's in and you're forgetting them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think I know where we're going with this. We're thinking about him, but we're not thinking about like animated movies. Onto something, Onto something. He's probably done like Madagascar or something like that. (laughs)
2: What is it? So so he's in an animated film? He's in one, go on, come on.
0: Um, I guess it's not Madagascar then. No. Oh wait, and you're not
1: Ice Age. Uh, no.
0: Yes, it must be based on the other reaction. Is it Ice Age? I don't remember that. <laughs> I a... imagine if it was just Sean William Scott playing himself.
1: <laughs> Ice Age Three: The uh, Return of the Dinosaurs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <It's cool. laughs>
2: Clearly, a big fan of this uh, this franchise. <laughs> was he in Ice Age? Was
1: he in Ice Age?
2: Come on, give me, five, give me five films. Give me five films.
1: Okay, so
0: American Pie, number one, D. Yeah, I agree with that. I
1: think. I think I honestly think Welcome to the Jungle might be near the top, but... We...
0: I don't think it's going to be anywhere near the top ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, well, that dude Where's my car.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a good shout. I <laughs> like how you're saying good shout, because you're remembering <laughs> a Sean Williams Scott film.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I have no idea if it did well at the box office. I'm just remembering films. That's got to
1: be number two. That's got to be number two. Evolution number three, maybe that was quite a big film at the time. I don't know. Ice, no, Ice Age, Ice Age two. So Pie one, Ice Age two, Dudes My Car three. Um, I don't know,
0: but <laughs> <laughs> there was two goon films, so it must have done well enough to get a second oh, one. I see. okay. Uh, so goon fourth, Evolution fifth.
2: So you, is that you're you setting it in? Yeah, go
1: on.
0: Yeah, go for it.
2: Right. Okay. So you got non right
0: in the order. Oh, no. oh Oh, Ice
2: Age
1: was number one then. Presumably. Ice Age was number one. Oh, of course, one. it was. So yeah. Ice
2: Age: Dawn of the Dinosaurs, which I have no <laughs> idea where that comes in. The made eight hundred and eighty-six million worldwide. Yikes!
0: Poor.
2: Next is obviously the American Pie franchise. The highest-grossing. Which one would you guess it is Reunion? American two? Pie Two. Yeah, made two hundred and eighty-six million. So four Ice Age films before an American Pie film. Then all the American Pie films. Then after that, not counting Jackass three D. Is road trip?
1: Mm. Is he in that? I don't remember <laughs> in, <laughs> in that. Apparently,
2: he plays someone called El Sean Will E M Scott. Uh, uh, yeah, Final destination mean. next?
1: I didn't remember he was in Final Destination.
2: Yeah, his head gets cut off in, uh, by a train, like a piece of metal underneath a train. And the last next one is the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs>
1: Oh, of course, of course.
2: In we did really bad on that. Next, yeah, a lot of the films next would have come up, which ones we were saying, but saying? Yeah, I'm Duke,
1: surprised Dude, Where's My Car? wasn't higher than Dude's.
2: No, first. we're going way further down, and then we're going into films like Bullyproof Monk is near the bottom, <laughs> just slightly ahead of Goon. Where was Welcome to the Jungle? It's probably not got, it's, what's its American rundown. name, run Rundown? Yeah, it's around the ten, just after old school, just ahead of Dude, Where's My Car? His lowest-grossing film is a film called Just Before I Go, which grossed $10,000 worldwide.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was the hardest top five I think we've ever had to do.
0: Good. So we'll move on to the ultimate question, which is this week, what is the best song of the hit comedy role models? Ben, do you want to go first this week?
2: What is the best song of those? Um, yeah, it's the Not Wings song. the oh, take me down.
0: Agreed. Alex?
1: Yeah, not only is it the best Wings song, it's also the best song in this film.
0: It really is the best Wings song.
1: <laughs> it's the one that goes round right in my head. Is that saying
2: something about how good this song is, or just how bad the Wings back catalogue is? Well,
1: it's funny, because when we did the James Bond episode, we were all raving about how good Live and May Die was, and it was, I think it won the 70s. And now we're saying it's not even as good as the song by the band pretending to be the Wings. I <laughs> mm. uh, Stand by that.
0: Okay, so that brings an end to another episode of that song from that movie. Let us know which song you think is the best one on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at TSFTMPod. You can help out the podcast in many ways, including sharing this on a random subreddit. Uh, Alex, what should the random subreddit be this week?
1: I think it should be on the Paul McCartney subreddit, and we should be getting to the bottom of whether he said what we all believe that he did say. And that seems like the first place to start.
0: I think that's a good shout. I mean, he did say it. We've agreed, right? Well, we know he said he did it, but it. we just need
1: to find the record of it.
0: The other ways you can help the podcast is on Patreon, buying our merch. Links on our social media. The best way you can help us is by giving us a five-star review, preferably on iTunes, because it is the biggest platform out there. But anywhere, really, on the street, if your love takes you down to the street, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> ben, have you given us a five-star review yet? Um, I'll get round to it. You say this every week. Because I'll get round to it. Is anyone
1: walking by a house, Ben? Shout it on them now. I can't see. <laughs> I looked. I looked. That's, that's good enough for me. Yeah, exactly.
0: So all that's left now is to do some goodbyes. It's goodbye from myself, goodbye, and goodbye from Alex. Me and
1: the judge have a special relationship. I don't want to get too graphic, but I used to suck his dick for drugs.
0: <laughs> oh, And goodbye from Ben. Suck it, Reindeer Games. So goodbye, everybody. Bye.
1: the take down to the streets